0: ladies and gentlemen there is actually some very good news the progressive invaders are being blown up like so many Russian tanks in the Ukraine in particular the New York Times has run a huge article devoted to rebuking arch-professor Lucy Calkins for all of her wrong ideas about reading Times quote one Lucy Calkins a leading literacy expert has rewritten her curriculum to include a fuller embrace of phonics and the science of reading. Critics may not be appeased. Times quote 2. In a classic Calkins classroom, teachers read aloud from children's literature. Students then choose just-right books which fit their interest and ability. The focus was more on stories, uh, theme, character, plot, etc., less on sounding at words. End quote. The trick here for the antiphonics people is to keep their bad medicine in play through sophistry and lies, through distraction and double talk. Did you notice that all of Kalkin's cleverness ended up back in the same spot? The teacher is reading, not the kids. What the kids do is look at books, play with books, discuss the cover art. What they don't learn to do is sound out words, and if they can't sound out words, they don't know how to read, and the whole thing is a joke. Quote three, With brain science steadily adding to that evidence, there is a sense, at least for many in the education establishment, that the debate over early reading instruction may be ebbing because phonics is ascendant. New York Times quote number four. So after decades of resistance, Professor Calkins has made a major retreat. A rewrite of her reading curriculum from kindergarten to second grade includes for the first time daily structured phonics lessons to be used for the whole class. Now the professor said in an interview at her office perched above Columbia's campus, quote, all of us are imperfect. The last two or three years, what I've learned from the science of reading work has been transformational. End of that quote. Well, well, said the church lady, aren't we special? Maybe she should have done some homework before embracing all of her bad ideas. Maybe she should have looked back to Rudolf Flesch and his bestseller in 1955 when she was still a child to help her explain why you have to have phonics if Johnny is to read. Or maybe Calkins could have asked the question, why do so many people embrace homeschooling? I say that's because these people figured out that if they want children to read, they had to run away from the public schools because the public schools were a weird cesspool of bad science. If some cockamamie theory would guarantee illiteracy, our public schools loved it. They loved look-say, they loved the memory method, they loved hold word, they loved hold language, they loved balanced literacy. They loved high-frequency words. They loved any gimmick that allowed them to keep right on doing all the bad things they were already doing. Times quote five. Margaret Goldberg, a Bay Area literacy coach and leader in the science of reading movement, said Professor Calkin's changes cannot repair the harm done to generations of students. Even before the pandemic widened educational inequality, only one-third of American fourth- and eighth-graders were reading on grade level. Black, Hispanic, and low-income children have struggled most. End of quote. Oh, yes. As Calkins tries to hang on to her battered empire, her very lucrative empire, can we have a small prayer for the 50 million functional literates created by non-phonics? is being battered by what is known as the science of reading movement. Now these are the pesky, annoying people who insist on figuring out how things actually work, as opposed to what we might call Ed school follies. For example, here's an explanation the New York Times calls the myth of the natural reader. His Times Quote 6. Some children seem to turn magically into readers without deliberate phonics coaching. This has helped fuel a mistaken belief that reading is as natural as speaking. In fact, functional magnetic resonance imaging of the brain demonstrates that human beings process written information letter by letter, sound by sound. Far from being automatic, reading requires a rewiring of the brain, which is primed by evolution to recognize faces, not words, end quote. The bad people are in retreat, that's the good news. The bad news is is that all the people who know what's going wrong never seem to be organized. It's the scoundrels who are well organized. What the good people don't seem to do is to say, let's figure out what went wrong and get back to real life. The science of reading was always pointing in the same direction every day for the last hundred years. Phonics, the sounds of the letters and syllables, the sounds of the words, all of that is what matters. Here's the kind of news that parents must embrace. Learning to read is a lot like learning to play a song on the piano. You learn the rules, you learn how to do it right, you practice just like you learn to do everything in life. If you insist on ignoring the alphabet and the sounds, everything will be a nightmare and a whole millions of lives will be swallowed up in this nightmare. Now my hope is that all smart organizations probably these are conservative or middle-of-the-road organizations, will realize that we are in a pivotal moment. With just a small push, the big bully will fall down on his rear. That's the way judo and karate work. You use the overbalance toward the wrong that is so stained the last 55 years or 85 years in reading. Perhaps I'm too optimistic, but I would like the battle cry every day to be, let's roll back the barbarians, let's restore literacy for all, period. The New York Times has said, this is the way things are trending. Embrace that, please. Thank you. Overview. Let's Fix Education explores seven of my favorite themes. First, this podcast is a meditation on what I call the K-12 crime scene so many destructive ideas. Understanding them is the key to fixing them. 2. By doing that we will have better schools at less cost. 3. Nothing much changes decade to decade. The big questions of the 1930s were the big questions of the 1960s and the 1990s. Any subject we discuss can easily intersect with any other subject. Most people instinctively want traditional education. But the education establishment fills classrooms with progressive gimmicks. The result is that we have a standoff. And that's why you run into the same ideas over and over. Four, the big brains in education keep telling students, don't bother memorizing this or that. You can look it up later. B.B. King, the great guitarist, is much smarter, he said. The beautiful thing about learning is nobody can take it away from you. 5. Lenin's ghost wanders through our school system. The hard left thinks big. If they have to kill millions of people to build their perfect society, that's okay. Same goes for dumbing down millions of students. Totalitarians want power. They will do anything to get it. 6. If we're going to survive, we have to take each child to his or her limit. As it is, we are creating millions of sub-educated students from K-rate right through college. Seven, analyzing education, especially dysfunctional education, is a lot more intellectually interesting than most people suppose. You'll enjoy this. Finally, PS, my book, Saving K-12, runs parallel to everything discussed on this podcast. I also have an education site improve-education.org with 70 articles that complement everything discussed here, and I have hundreds of articles on the Internet. Enter a topic in Google with my full name, Bruce Dietrich Price, and let Google make suggestions. Thank you for visiting.